Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Hallelujah. We've been studying a series called Operational Faith, but I'm not, I'm not going to do that. The Lord spoke to me and said to do this, so I'm going to do what He says, not what I want. Amen? I want you to go back to the book of 1 Peter chapter 1. And we'll do this for a few minutes and then we'll go home so we can get a good nap before the Astros play. Amen? Everybody say, God bless bless the Astros. Say, why would you say that? Because I don't live in New York. (laughs) Amen? Praise God. I've always felt we were extremely blessed to have the quality of men and women come to our conferences and our services when Lee and I travel. And, and uh, these people that come, are they're just quality, you know. But this event was a little different this year. This really uh, solidified in me that uh, we are, you know, we are a people, not the only people for sure, not the only people, but we are a people who have found something. And I believe in these perilous times, what we have found is the heartbeat of God for the last days for the church. Because Jesus is coming back for a glorious church. Now, we made this statement, you know, when we began the conference and all through the conference, we'd make this statement. You know, we don't claim to be a glorious church. But what we do want is for God to show us what it is. And if we're not able to become a glorious church, then please show us where one is at so we can go all be a part of that. I don't want to miss it, church. I, I don't want to miss it. I, my ego, my ambition has been put away a long time ago. I'm following the call of God wherever that takes me. And I trust it's going to take me where I need to be and where I need to go in the last days. Amen. But it really, you know, sitting in those three meetings with, with, with Pastor Christopher Alam, and I mentioned this to Leah, I have not sat in a meeting with that level of anointing and content now, you got to understand, Christopher preached at least an hour and 15 minutes every night. And he preached content that was so powerful and supernatural that unless you were paying a, you know, good attention, you might have missed it. Well, if you missed it on Tuesday night, then you just need to get saved. I mean, that preaching on the cross, I mean, that was unbelievable. I was like, my God, I've never... And you got to take... Listen, that's why you got to do all the math when somebody's up here speaking. A man, just a man... Just a man, just a man was up here preaching that message on the cross and he preempted that message on the cross by saying some three or four decades ago, God spoke to him, if you want to see miracles, preach the cross. Well, how many miracles? He said he was going through his, his records the other day and he said, I found a box that I didn't even know I had of all of the miracles we documented before we started going to Africa when we were in Pakistan and India. He said there were thousands of blind eyes open, uh, cripples walk, deaf ears open, supernatural miracles. Now he told me personally, he said, we're getting into this thing where God's moving now. That little baby that didn't have any... uh, any uh, uh, muscles in its neck. See those little children, their neck just rolls around and then when their head gets bigger and their body doesn't grow because they have a hard time eating, then one day their head just flops over and their esophagus closes and they strangle. They don't live to be about three or four years old. And man, to see that little baby pop his head up like that and that mother feeling those muscles growing up, come on church. 
This, this is the guy up there saying 40 years of miracles is the proof of the message I'm preaching. Hallelujah. So the Lord spoke to me. I was praying about, you know, okay, it's Sunday morning after fall harvest. How, what direct do I just need to pick up? The Lord said, go back now and, and just review what preempted that. And let me, just one scripture, going to pull it out, and then I'm going to read you some background to it. And then, you know, we won't belabor it long. But here's the scripture, and I read it several times during the, during the conference in 1 Peter. Verse 1, excuse me, chapter 1, verse 13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace of that is to be brought. Now look that word brought. It's not the word revealed. You say, what do you mean by that? Peter is saying here that there will be people that will bring a revelation of Jesus to you in the last days. They will present an uncovering from the source. They will paint a clearer portrait and they will give you a clearer x-ray of not only who this guy was that walked 33 and a half years upon the earth, but who is this guy who is now seated at the right hand of the Father in a glorified flesh and bone body who's fixing to come back for the church. Amen. So it says, if you can get in a place or a position where a greater revelation of Christ can be brought to you, then there is a grace that is going to help you to gird up the loins of your mind and to remain sober in this day. Now, you talk about a day in which it's hard to remain sober. This isn't talking about, you know, drugs, alcohol, stuff like that. It's talking about the narratives of this world that's going on. Church, I'm telling you, we're living in the most perilous of perilous times right now. The earth teeters on the brink of nuclear war. Many of the prophets, which I agree with, saw burned-out cities in America. And we sit, you know, we go, we go through our daily routine not recognizing there could be a, a, you know, a Cat 510 hurricane sitting right offshore and nobody's ever told us about it. Amen? So we must understand we have to have that grace to protect us, to promote us, and to cause us to be a voice in the earth today so the harvest can come in. So I, I believe that part of the equation has happened. You say, what do you mean? A greater revelation of Jesus has been brought to us. Has been brought to us. Therefore, we need to value that. That's why we're going to put it on a, a thumb drive or a CD or something. Where we, I want to listen to it over and over and over and over until I can almost lip sync that thing because it's all, every bit of it, all three hours and 45 minutes are Jesus, 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 and stories of Jesus. And proof, listen, I, this is my, because th th this is a scripture that kept going on. Uh, you know, I, I'd hear something or something would touch me, and I'd think, he is, he is, he is, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? Isn't that awesome? Now, I, I, I thought I'd do this in my Passion Bible real quick. Start with verse, you know. Brought my helpers. <laughs> Good. Start, start with verse 7. Let me, read it in the, let me read it in the King James. That the trial of your faith be much more precious than gold that perisheth. Though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor 
and glory at the appearing. Now, here are these references to these last days, at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Now, notice this. This is so precious. Whom having not seen, you love. See, remember, Peter saw him and loved him. Experienced him and loved him. Saw the miracles. Tasted of the fish and bread. Received the forgiveness. Received the Holy Ghost. Amen. So it says this, but you've not seen him, you love him, and whom though yet now you see him not yet believing, you rejoice with, unspeak, with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith. Why would he say that? Because for 2,000 years, people have come up to the place of death, died, and gone to heaven, but have not received the end of their faith, which is what? the glorified body and the eternal destiny with God. Oh, that's some, that's some weighty stuff. We'll touch it later. Amen. Of which salvation, now notice this, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Searching what or of what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ, now notice this, and the glory that should follow. Woo, glory. That's where we're living right there, in the glory that should follow. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven which things the angels desire to look into. See, this ain't some game. Let me say that again. This is not some religious game we're playing here. This is it. I said this is it. You know, I mean, of all the people searching, I'm glad I found it. I mean, there's people searching right now. They have billions of dollars. They have fame and fortune. There's others searching in the, in the drugs, in the, in the alcohol, in the entertainment world, in sports. They're searching, searching, looking for the one thing, one thing that fills that void in their life. But listen, championships won't fill it. Billions of dollars won't fill it. Fame and fortune won't fill it. There's only one thing that'll fill it, and that is Jesus Christ. And people are becoming more and more aware of how their own personal greed and their own personal ambition cannot appropriate the things in their life that cause true joy and true happiness. Only Jesus can give it to you. And we get to live that way in the last days. Come on, church. That's why Peter says, it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. My life is just, you know, I go from one trial to one tribulation. Well, get saved. Start serving God. Serving God. I mean, you get up every day with joy in your heart. You speak the word all day long, praying in the Holy Ghost, thanking God for His goodness. You come to church, you tithe, offer, you give to missions, and you're always planning on going on that next missions trip. I just figured that'd be a good way to live if I went in the ministry. I'd be making money hand over fist and giving it away as fast as I could make it to try to get these guys that are missionaries into the mission field. But no, God's called me to pastor, so I've got to do this job. Amen? So here's the, here's the thing. All of that that was just said is leading up to the scripture that we've been using, which is what? Which is wherefore, gird up the lords of your mind. Why? Because you don't want to miss the joy that's unspeakable and full of glory, the outpourings of God. As, as John G. Lake said, the lightnings of God that will flash through the hearts of men in the last days. Wow. I don't want to miss that. Amen. 
So I'm going to gird up the loins of my mind. I'm going to be sober. I'm going to hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto me at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That grace is here. I couldn't have said that Sunday last week. You know why you're not rejoicing? If I could say it and for one second you could feel it, you'd run around the church ten times. But see, we don't live in that dispensation. We live in this dispensation. The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. So when you receive that by faith, your faith should be stronger than your feelings. So when you don't feel it, you ought to give expression to it. Can I read it in my Passion Bible real quick? It says here, I'm going to read from verse 1 because it's a little bit easier to read when it doesn't have all the King James. Since Christ, no, excuse me, that's the wrong one. Let me get over here. No, we'll start there again in verse 5. Yeah, verse 5, that's a good place. Through our faith, through our faith, the mighty power of God constantly guards us until our full salvation is ready to be revealed in the last time. May the thought of this cause you to jump for joy. Well, it would, but, uh, yeah, it would, it would, but, uh, so you can fill in the butter after that one, you know. Amen. It says, <laughs> may the cause of this cause you to jump for joy, even though lately you've had to put up with grief in many trials. Uh-oh, uh-oh. But these only reveal the sterling core of your faith, which is far more valuable than gold that perishes. For even gold is refined by fire. Your authentic faith will result in even more praise, glory, and honor when Jesus, the anointed one, is revealed. You love him passionately, although you did not see him. But through believing in him, you are saturated with an ecstatic joy, indescribable, sublime, and immersed in glory. That's how I kind of feel. Amen. So I wish I felt like it was serve God. So the title of the message is they serve God. <laughs> Amen. Let me read that again. You love him passionately, although you did not see him. But through believing in him, you are saturated with an, with an ecstatic joy, indescribable, sublime, immersed in glory, for you are reaping the harvest of your faith, the full salvation promised you, your soul's victory. Remember when, remember when Peter said, some, this is some, let me think, help me Lord, help me Lord. This is some 38 years after the day of Pentecost, 30, 38 years after the day of Pentecost, when he said, save yourself from this wicked and untoward, remember, he's not talking about eternal salvation. He's talking about you taking the word, taking the power of the Holy Ghost, the power of the word, the power of the name of Jesus, the power of prayer, the power of unity, the power of being part of a local church, and uh, save yourself. Hell is coming upon the earth. Save yourself. Jesus has already saved you from eternal hell. Save yourself from the temporal hell that's coming on the earth. So the conclusion of that, or the end of that would be, like, I like this. Look at this. For you are reaping the harvest of your faith. The full salvation promised you your soul's victory. 
save yourself. Now we've got the victory. After 38 years of teaching and preaching and someone like the Apostle Paul coming upon the scene, because later he writes, you need to listen to Paul. He says things that are hard to hear. Preaching revelation of redemption. Amen? But he's saying, what I told you about saving yourself from back on the day of Pentecost, this is how we've saved. This is why we're still here. This is why we're still here. Now notice, this salvation was the focus of, a prophets, of the prophets who prophesied out this, this outpouring of grace that was destined for you. They made careful search and investigation of the meaning of their God-given prophecies as they probed into the mysteries of who would fulfill them and the time period when it would all take place. The spirit of the anointed one was in them and was pointing prophetically to the suffering that Christ was destined to suffer and the glories that would be released afterward. That is where we are living. And the glories that would be revealed after are released after the suffering. Amen? Woo, that's good stuff. God revealed to the prophets that their ministry was not for their own benefit, but for yours. And now you have heard these things from the evangelists who preached the gospel to you, the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, the gospel containing the wonderful mystery that even the angels long to get a glimpse of. Then here's our scripture. So then prepare your hearts and your minds for action. Stay alert, fixed on your hope, firmly on the marvelous grace that is coming to you. For when Jesus Christ is unveiled, a greater measure of grace will be released to you. So we like to go forward, not back. But sometimes we go back the Bible says, that's why it says, don't remove the ancient landmarks. Those are places in Israel that every time they put a marker there, they went to that market marker and the, and, the, and the kiddos or somebody said, Daddy, why is that marker there? They'd tell the story. This is where we crossed the Jordan and the waters heaped one upon themselves. So our, our ancient landmarks are not in the terra firma out on the ground. You know, well, we, we put up a marker out there on the esplanade. That, that, was, the, that was fall harvest five years ago. And so, no, no, we don't do that. Those markers are in our memories now. The things that God has, we've gone through where God has shown up and done something awesome. Well, see, church, I'm really trying to get you to see that for six weeks I prepared you for what God did. Now it's been done, so you need to begin to say over yourself, a greater grace is on me. Yeah, that grace that was on me at the 1st of October is not there no more because there's a greater grace on me. There's a greater grace on our pastor. There's a greater grace on our church. There's a greater grace on my job, my business, my ministry. There is a greater grace on everything that I'm doing because the Word of God says when a, grace, when, a, when a greater revelation of Jesus comes to me, a greater grace will come on me so I can be sober, I can watch and pray. And we know from the Scripture in chapter 4, we can cover one another with love. Aren't you glad? That's amazing. I don't know if you're as excited as I am. Because I never knew what he was going to preach. I didn't know if he was going to come here and do his stand-up comedy routine. Because that's pretty good too. Amen? But, but he came and he, when he got up and said, I'm going to preach on Jesus. I knew God had talked to him. And he had talked to him based on what I've been talking to you about. 
And so he comes and preaches Jesus. Jesus ought to be 10 times bigger on the inside of you. That's why I want to get that stuff into your hand so you can listen to it over and over and over and over and recognize there is a greater grace on me There's a gr than it was back last week on Sunday. I've sat through those meetings. I've gotten the recording. I'm listening to that. That grace. Now, what is grace? Why should we want a greater grace? Grace is the ability of God working on your behalf. Now, see, we don't ooh and awe over the grace of God when we need to. You say, why? It was the grace of God that kept you till you got saved. For by grace, you are saved. Ephesians chapter 2, you are saved through faith. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Well, what is the gift of God? Both the grace and the faith to receive it in. Law of, the, the Greek law of double reference right there. We were given gifts. God says when Jesus rose from the dead, Jesus said, now this is the acceptable year of the law. For God so loved the world that at Cornelius' house, the, God, the Holy Ghost was poured out. And everybody went, this is not just for Jewish people. This is for the world. Then, as that generation began to close, the gospel was going all, went to the east, went to Asia, went up into Europe, went down into Africa, went all over the known world. And then in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. You ever really read what happened there? You ought to go read. It's an absolute miracle of God, and it is the provision of God that he came and did what he... Notice all these people. We need to get Columbus out of here. He heard all of this. Listen, he brought the gospel here, and people came here so that they could live and live like we are living right now within the confines of the Word of God and not some government. That's why the devil hates America. That's why he's trying to bring it to his knees for over 200 years. People have been able to believe what we're believing. And what did they do? They did exploits all over the world. They built missions works. They built churches. They built television studios. The gospel is literally beamed to the earth 24-7. The, the, the glory of the Lord is surrounding the earth like the waters cover the sea. And that's the day you're living in. That's the day you're living in. So we've got to realize we're being set up. There's two setups going on right now. Do you understand that on the earth? And you get to choose which one you get to be a part of. One setup over here will end with you being able to hear the voice of an archangel and the sound of the trump of God. You say, why does that make any difference? Because if you don't hear it, you won't go. The other setup is designed to keep you here and not to hear that. By setting you up to involve you in the... Well, we've got to have the Republicans if they don't get it. Oh, my... Forget it. If you don't get delivered of that, you're going to go nuts. What if they don't get in? There you go. Amen? See, people put all their hope in some political person getting elected or reelected or some other party. Listen, you've got to put your hope in God. Those people are playing out an act that was written eons ago in time. They have no idea what they're caught up with, but at least we know what's going on. At least we know that's the devil. That's the world system. They're flexing their muscles. They're fixing to get their seven years. But honey, after that seven years, I wouldn't want to be anywhere near them. Because who you serve is whose reward you will have. 
and who you will get. But man, in this, I'm so excited now. I said that, I think, Wednesday night. If this church just windled down to two old, ugly, snaggletooth women, <laughs> I'd stand in front of them and I'd proclaim the gospel and I'd say, honey, we're going up. We're doing the will of God. Where's your missions offering? Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and thank God for His goodness. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Amen, amen. Glory to God. Isn't God good? Bow your heads for just a moment. Praise the Lord. Let's just pray. Pray, pray quietly, if you will. Bow your heads. Close your eyes and respect the people. If you're here today, you say, Pastor, I'm not living right. I'm not doing right. I, I just need to be right with God. I don't, I don't want to miss what God's doing. Please pray with me. Anyone at all? Lift your hand up high. Anyone? We trust. I see most people are, most people are home, folks. We have a few visitors, but you look holy. You got to learn to mark them unholy visitors so you can go after them. Amen. Praise God. Well, everybody look this way. Hallelujah. Y'all are all laughing. We need to take another offering. Stand on your feet. Praise the Lord. Don't forget Wednesday night, we're still teaching on redemption. We'll pick this up next week. Don't forget next week, building for his presence. Praise God. I feel strongly in my spirit. We're closer than we've ever been to the breakthroughs we need to build that building. Amen. Got great encouragement from the ministries this week. Oh, oh, let me do that real quick. Uh, Brother Eddie Turner is doing fine. Isn't that good? Now, they, they've rehearsed back to us that they're so thankful they came because they had a, a, a procedure scheduled for Eddie two weeks from now or two weeks from when they got here. And it was, you know, the, the simple one they go up and put a stent in or something like that. And, and they were uh, operating out of a, a hospital, I believe, in Memphis or Nashville. Nashville. And they didn't catch everything that was wrong. So when he came here, basically after lunch last week, he just had a little acid reflex. But the doctors told him, if you have that, you need to go get checked out. Well, here they have much... Uh, more of a, uh, they were much more able to do a more uh, exhaustive examination. And when they finished their examination, thank God for pastors with their own plane. Amen. Pastor Sam came and got him real quick, took him to, to uh, Nashville. They did the surgery, quadruple bypass. Saved, listen to me, saved his life and saved his ministry. Isn't that great? Glory to God. And God will do the same for you. Amen. That's why it's important to serve God. Father, thank you for today. Lord, as we leave, we leave so thankful for the grace that you've given us that has come through a greater revelation of Jesus in our lives. We will, we will remain sober. We will cover one another with love. We will watch and pray, and we will serve you, Lord, till the completion of our salvation. We thank you for it, Father. Thank you for Psalms 91. We never take it for granted how you protect Island Church. Lord, many of our people are not here this morning. Some are ministering. Some are on vacation. Yes, Lord, we lift up Chris and Bella doing that beautiful children's ministry in Cambodia this week. Oh, give them, give them hundreds of those precious Cambodian children into the kingdom of God. Change their, change their young lives forever, Lord God. Anointing Chris and Bella Oh, and little Jericho, we surround them with faith and love. We declare no evil befalls them. No plague comes to their dwelling place. For all our missionaries, bless them, Lord, especially Ryan and Kimberly Penn. 
Lord, those that are a part of our church, Alan and Pat, those that are a part of our church, others that we support. We love them, Father, but our home folk. Bless Ryan and Kimberly. Give us that, give us that next church, Lord. That next church there. I know he's praying. We're praying. We're contending for that which you desire to do in that nation. Thank you, Father. As we leave today, we walk in faith and love towards you. We walk in love toward one another, thanking for you for your divine protection over all of our lives. Lord, we leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.